Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Card Strategist and F1 podcast for the Japanese Grand Prix episode. We are Sunday lunchtime in Ireland, early start this morning for the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, quite a crazy race, to be honest. Uh, I'm dubbing this Japanese Grand Prix of Suzuka the race of the retirees. We'll get into that a little bit later in the pod. But a lot happened in terms of the season, the constructors, the drivers' championship this weekend. So, as expected, Max Verstappen back on top after a little blip at Singapore last weekend, winning the race this weekend by 20 seconds ahead. Um, and what this means is Max can actually now win the drivers' championship in two weeks' time in Qatar. Um, and not just on Sunday, but on Saturday, with Qatar being a sprint race, uh, Max Verstappen can, by finishing on the podium in the sprint race on Saturday, be the first ever driver, potentially, I would assume so, with the sprint race being on a Saturday, be the first ever driver to win an F1 Drivers' Championship on a Saturday. So when we do come back in two weeks' time, we expect Max Verstappen to wrap up the Drivers' Championship next week. And speaking of wrapping things up, with Max Verstappen's win this week and the finishing of the other cars lower down, Red Bull win their second consecutive Constructors' Championship this weekend. And I think that's their sixth in total. Um, so well done to Red Bull. I mean, they have been utterly dominant this season. Not so much Red Bull as both drivers. I would say Red Bull as a team and Max Verstappen. Is, he has carried this team the entire season. We'll get into some thoughts on Sergio Perez after this weekend. Um, and finally, I guess, a great moment of the weekend was a double papaya podium. So McLaren, Lando Norris, and Oscar Piastri both getting on the podium. It's great to see a team like McLaren back up fighting again. Two great young drivers and getting a double podium for the first time in a very long time. So that's a consecutive podiums for Lando. And Oscar Piastri's first official Sunday full race podium as he was on podium for sprint race, which we said didn't really count, but this is his first Grand Prix podium finishing third this week. So I guess as always, looking quickly at Saturday and how we got into Sunday's grid setup. Um looking at qualifying on Saturday, I guess it wouldn't be a starting of a Saturday or starting of a qualifying session without a red flag. And that's happened again. Um, Logan Sargent's unfortunately in the talking points for all the wrong reasons again. Uh, on his first quick lap in Q1, kind of lost it out of the last corner, couldn't bring it back and put it into the wall, kind of tapped the grass and went through into the wall. Led to a red flag. Didn't really affect the session too much. Most cars got to come out again and kind of do their laps, but this isn't great for Logan Sargent and for Williams, uh, especially considering that Logan is the last seat remaining uh, for the entire grid that hasn't been secured for next year. Um, this is the second time in four races that he's caused a red flag in qualifying. Um, and yeah, just not a great outcome for Logan Sargent. Uh, kind of I guess the top performer from Q1 was Liam Lawson, as expected. Some expectation on him with driving on this track quite a lot. Um, he put in a great lap to only be five against Max Verstappen. Um, 
fiber we see will affect him a little bit later on. He did end up using three sets of soft tires in Q1, which was going to hinder him a little bit later in the later qualifying sessions, as we'll get into. Um, and those who got knocked out in Q1, so obviously Logan Sargent in last, which again he laps. Show got knocked out, his track time got deleted for track limits, and then Nico Hulkenberg, Valtteri Bottas, and Stroll. So third consecutive race being knocked out in Q1, and that's prediction, wild card prediction of Lance Stroll getting a good finish, didn't look too promising based on this. We then went into Q2, um, started off with being a little announcement that Charles Leclerc, Valtteri Bottas, Show we're going to have to look at the stewards for not meeting that minimum lap time we spoke about earlier in the weekend. Um, but that obviously went to be nothing of it. Obviously, I think with the yellow flag, the red the accident, they had to slow down intentionally. Um, so I think that was okay. Um, Oscar Piastri managed to get through with one lap, looking really, really quick in qualifying. And yeah, not too much of a surprise in Q2. Uh, knocked out in Q2 was Kevin Magnussen. Esteban Ocon, Alex Albon, Gasly, and Liam Lawson, unfortunately lost out by four hundredths of a second to Alonso, and this was due to the fact that he didn't have any tires, obviously playing those three sets in Q1, um, and coming out of Q2, it looked like it was going to be a shootout between the two McLarens and Max Verstappen for Paul. Um, the Ferraris just weren't quite there with the pace, and I guess going into Q3, we had Russell and Alonso going out of sync to everyone else, just having one set of tyres left, just doing one lap, kind of in the middle of the stint. Uh, the Ferraris also only had one set left, so they went out right at the end of the session just to do one lap. Um, and although we thought the McLaren might be close to Max, he kind of just pulled it off the bag as we expected him to come back firing. Um, so we had Max on pole, Oscar Piastri on the front row next to him, and then Lando Norris in third, with the Ferraris behind, split by Checo Perez. And Max was so far ahead at the end of this, this was actually the largest pole position gap by any driver since Michael Schumacher in 2004. 2004, sorry, 2024. Maybe he could come back next year, we hope, in some alternate world. Um, but yeah, the biggest pole position gap since 2004, which is, yeah, really, really... A large gap. Um, so we were nicely set up for kind of the race I did for Sunday. Um, before we dive into the race review, um, I was going to go with the wild card predictions, saying a double papaya podium and having Piastri and Lando on the podium. And after Q3, I was regretting that. So I saw them on the front row, second and third. So. I guess that leads us into Sunday, and join us after a quick break. We'll dive into the review of Sunday's race. And welcome back, everyone, to the second half of the Japanese Grand Prix race review here on the couch strategists and we're here to start off with sunday's lights out and let me just tell you the first 10 11 12 that was absolute chaos there was so much going on at one point crofty and the rest of the team were saying 
they couldn't actually keep track of who had lost positions, who had got where. So we tried to summarize this up in as much and as simple detail as possible. But I guess kind of before lights out, we had Logan Sargent with a penalty and having to stop him. And obviously had quite a big crash in qualifying, as we mentioned. So lots of new parts here in that car. So he had to start right from the back and in the pit lane. And most of the grid was on mediums, uh, except for, I guess, the kind of guys trailing outside of the top seven. So the top four teams, excluding Sergio Perez, I guess. Um, we had Alonso, Yuki Snowden, Liam Lawson on the softs, and we'll get into how that kind of benefited some of those guys off the start. But from lights out, we had a huge start. Max Verstappen didn't get the greatest start off the line. Looked like he had a bit of wheel spin. Piastri had a bit of a run on him. Lando also had a great start from third and looked like he was going to jump ahead. Kind of almost got ahead of Max Verstappen. Um, but as Max kind of closing out, pinching Oscar into the inside. So Oscar actually managed to drop down to third, Lando up into second, but Max kind of got Lando back into turn two. Um, Sergio Perez, as usual, in classic Sergio Perez style, went backwards off the start. Um, just kept tumbling and tumbling, and we'll kind of see why in a moment. Um, spoke about Alonso earlier being on the soft tires. Um, he moved up from 10th to 6th off the start, which was really, really great. And... I had a glimmer of hope for my wildcard prediction as Lance Stroll had an amazing start. He moved up 17th, well, also on those soft tires. Um, but kind of while focusing on the front, going on at the front, there was quite a lot of chaos at the back and there was quite a big kind of puff of grass and smoke and bodywork going everywhere. So there was quite a big crash behind. It looked like it was an Alfa Romeo show, but looking at it further on, it kind of looked like from Sergio Perez falling backwards, he had pulled in and hit Hamilton, and Hamilton took a little bit of damage, and that kind of caused a bottleneck effect going further backwards. Um, and it was actually Alex Albon and Valtteri Bottas involved, so Bottas kind of got squeezed out wide and kind of turned into Alex Albon, which caused quite a huge kind of collision on their front tyres. Um, Valtteri got damaged, Alex got damaged, um, and yeah, quite a lot of damage to the underbody of one's car. Um, and that kind of caused a safety car into the end of lap one um, because of all kind of the bodywork and chassis damage all around the first corner. Um, so at this point, under the safety car, kind of the damaged cars of Albon, Bottas had to go and change front wings. Perez, after hitting Hamilton, had to pit as well to get a change in front wing. Uh, moved down to 18th. Um, as he kind of came out of the pits, it looked like he definitely overtook about four cars under the safety car, which I call as a blatant penalty, um, which he did actually manage to get to five second penalty for, but it was actually for entering the pit lane and overtaking. Entering the pit lane earlier on. Um, so, yeah, another symbolic starts. And Perez involved in more crashes, and this wasn't the end of it. We'll get into more of that coming soon. Um... So quite a lot of action the first couple of laps. Safety car came in after about four or five laps, um, kind of off the restart. Alonso and those softs again was putting huge pressure on the back of Carlos Sainz. Um, Bottas kind of then right at the back again, looked like he had just gone off into the gravel, into the grass, expected because out of the damage, there just wasn't any downforce. But you're another classic culprit of causing trouble all over. We actually saw it as Logan Sargent again being involved. 
locking up and kind of just hitting Bottas straight off the track. So again, another definite penalty for Logan Sargent and things just going from bad to worse for Logan Sargent. And as mentioned earlier in the podcast, I would expect that he will not be in that seat next year. Who's going to go there? We don't know. Talks of Liam Lawson getting a loan from Red Bull to um, Williams. Don't know how that will work, especially with James Viles looking with the direction they want to go in the team. I would assume they would want to get a more kind of permanent driver to take the team from Alex Elbon. Um, And kind of after the restart, we saw the start of a Mercedes battle again with Hamilton and Russell battling. Hamilton had a little bit of damage still from that Perez head, we think. Russell overtook him, but kind of Hamilton fighting back again. And that kind of took us to about 10 laps into the race, where we thought potentially the madness was going to calm down and we were just going to get into fit, like our pit stop. Just going to regulate and kind of calm down until the second phase of the race. Um, but no, Checo Perez, once again, no idea what he's doing. And I think he's really putting his hand up to take the seat away from himself at Red Bull going forward. Um, he had already caused a bit of a crash with Lewis, damaged himself, been in for a pit stop, changed front ring right at the back. He then decided, very similar to last week at Singapore, to dive down the inside of Kevin Magnussen and lock up and just completely take Kevin Magnussen off the track. He did this last week as well against Alex Albon at Singapore and James Wells was not happy about it. Um, so I don't quite know what Checo Perez is doing. He just seems flustered and just not all there and not doing himself any favors, as I said, to be in that red ball going forward. Um, this obviously caused the virtual safety car the damage the track. Very small window, which Oscar Piastri managed to kind of take advantage of. He kind of popped into the pits, got a new set of tires on on him and managed to get out ahead of Lando Norris. Um, inevitably, it was a little bit too early of a stop as we saw the race go on and Lando kind of eventually ended up being just a little bit too good for Oscar this weekend. And to put a cherry on the top of Sergio Perez's day, as he was retiring, kind of slowing down in the next couple of laps during that virtual safety car, Lando Norris was trying to overtake him as he was going excessively slow as he had a damaged car. Um, he pretty much drove Lando Norris off the track. So, not the biggest fan of Sergio Perez this weekend. Um, so, he inevitably did retire. Although, as it goes, this is not the last time we're going to speak about Sergio Perez, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, the Mercedes continued to battle against each other, as I mentioned, off the original safety car restart. Uh, they then decided to split strategies. So, Hamilton Pitts, George stayed out and looked like he was going to try and do a one-stop. We then did predict that this would bring them together right at the end of the race again. Um, and at this point, I hadn't even seen the Ferraris, heard of the Ferraris. Um, so, yeah, not too much going on. Kind of, they did their pit stops as usual, slotted back into fourth position. And as I mentioned earlier in the race, we had a lot of retirees in Valtteri Bottas, Joe Guanyu. We had Chico Perez retiring. And now at this point, we also had Alex Albon retire and Lauren Stroll retire and Logan Sargent. Um, so I guess that was my wild card pick out of the window. Um, kind of 
Taking over into the second half of the race after Alex Albon retired, we're down 15 cars in the race. Um, very strange moments where it looked like Sergio Perez had got back into his Red Bull car and there was talks of them sending out again. And it kind of unfolded that the reason Red Bull were doing this was the sporting regulation says if penalties weren't served by a driver in the race that they were earned, they can be carried over to the next race in the form of a grid penalty. So I think Red Bull were worried about that and it looked like they wanted to send Sergio Perez out again to serve those penalties, which I wasn't aware of. And I thought it seemed like quite a unfair thing to do and a break of the rules. Uh, apparently Red Bull did check this with the FIA and apparently they were allowed to do this. Um, and yeah, we kind of saw later on in the race at about lap 40, about 15 laps after Checo retired, he was sent out and came out about seven laps behind. He did one lap, went into the pit, served his penalty, did another lap, and then retired again. Which, for me, from whether I do now understand that the regulation and legal perspective, you are allowed to do it, as the rules say, you are allowed to continue in a race after you've retired as long as you are in the same car. Because each driver kind of two cars. So they were managed to fix it with the same parts and get him out again. So I understand that from a rule perspective. But from a fairness perspective, for him to go out and serve the penalties that he earned from running two people's races, um, I think he should be penalized for that in Qatar with the grid penalties. Because he's just kind of, he was already out of the race and he's just gone on, served the penalties and retired again, which seems like a bit of a cop-out for me. But again, controversial talking points. Um, we mentioned the Ferraris earlier and I thought at this point with kind of the last little bit of the race to go, it was a very quiet day for the Ferraris. They were going to go unspoken about nice, easy fourth and, fish, fourth and fifth finish to get some points for the team. But in classic Ferrari style, they put Charles, Charles Leclerc as expected when Lewis Hamilton did, who was kind of chasing them behind. They then chose not to put Carlos for two laps and lost the position to an undercut. And then instead of extending to try and eke out some extra time, go a bit longer and overcut, they then put him three laps later. So he lost out to Lewis Hamilton um, and ended up about seven and a half seconds behind Hamilton um, with about 14 laps to go. So a lot to do. And yeah, I guess with about five, six laps to go, as Carlos was chasing down Hamilton, Hamilton had come up to the back of Russell and the, that battle looked to be back on again, um, as we predicted. And with five laps to go, we had George, Lewis and Carlos battling for fifth, sixth and seventh. Um, at this point, George was on very old tires and could easily have been passed by Hamilton. And I was shouting out and the commentators were shouting out that they had to do the exact same thing that Carlos and Lando did last week, where George just had enough pace to give Lewis DRS to protect him from Carlos to last the five laps to get them both in front of Carlos, and I don't think Carlos would have been able to overtake them. But Mercedes made the call to let Lewis through ahead of George, and we thought that meant that they were going to let Lewis go to try and stay ahead of Carlos and break away, which Lewis then did to get about a second and a half like a second and a half ahead. And then the team asked him to pull back and give George the RS, which if that was the ploy, they should have just let George in front as the slower car, as the blocker, to kind of keep Lewis behind. And he would have let him through on the last lap to get the position. But then both would have finished ahead of the Ferraris. Um, 
but then Carlos managed to get to George anyway, and because Lewis had come back to give him DRS, it kind of gave Carlos a three-lap or a two-lap window to try and chase him down. Unfortunately, Carlos couldn't get that overtake done, so in the end, Charles Leclerc finishing fourth, Hamilton secured fifth, Carlos signed in, signs in sixth, and George Russell in eighth. And as we knew from earlier, Max Verstappen in first, and we had the double McLaren podium, so well done to Lando Norris in second, and especially to Oscar Piastri for his maiden podium and kind of what that means when looking at the constructors championship now ferrari are eking a little bit closer to fighting for that second position with mercedes going to be tight for the end of the year but with lance stroll and at the moment and retiring in this race and how quick the mclarens look and aston martin going backwards basically it looks like the mclaren will catch aston martin fourth in the constructors so it looks like the only battle left in the constructors now is for that second place between mercedes and ferrari and, yeah, that was the Japanese Grand Prix. Lots of action, a lot of racing. As we mentioned, so great to see the Mercedes, the McLaren, the Ferraris, and Max, even though he pulled way again this weekend, but in a fight all the time now, which is great. And I guess we can head now to the reviews of the prediction, driver of the day, moment of the day, wildcard event, and the snack of the day reviews. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining for this last section where we review the predictions of the weekends. And yeah, as mentioned earlier on, we wish we had backed ourselves to go for the double McLaren podium, but Max back on top again. So pole position, correct prediction, but Max on pole and correct prediction for Max first position. Didn't get our second and third correct as we picked Charles Leclerc to be second. Ox finished P4 with Lando finishing P2. And we picked Lando to be P3, um, but obviously we had Oscar Piastri in P3, Lando finished two. And the wildcard event of Lance Stroll coming up with a great finish this weekend after his crash. We'll just ignore that and overlook it. In terms of driver of the day and moment of the day for me, um, driver of the day I think has to go to Oscar Piastri for his maiden podium. Uh, he had a great weekend as well. He looked quick in qualifying, first race in Japan, not a easy circuit. Um, so great drive for Oscar Priastri. Um, my moment of the day, actually two of their quite funny moments came out on the radio. Um, after Checo Perez, just before he retired, he came on the radio to say to his engineer, the car doesn't feel right. And I just thought to myself, as I'm sure a lot of people did, um, yes, Checo, that's kind of what happens when you drive into three cars within the first 10 laps of a race. I'm sure your car won't feel right. And ended up retiring. And I guess the other funny moment of the weekend was Fernando Alonso getting pitted early and thrown back into traffic and shouting at his race engineer that the lion. Similarly to a couple of years ago where he asked Esteban Ocon to fight like a lion. Um, so a lot of Fernando and uh, Fernando Alonso lion den, lion cage analogies. And I guess to wrap up the episode and the weekend, our snack review of the weekend. So we made some cheesy bacon relish quesadillas with a zesty creme fraiche dip. Uh, so with some delicious roasted onions and roasted peppers, some lime zest into creme fraiche is a nice dip with these cheesy quesadillas. Um, these are super great snack, easy to make. Um, we kind of use 
leftover ingredients what we had lying around at home. Absolutely. Yep. Some leftover cheese. Create a nice, tasty filling. Get those fried up nice and crispy and a nice dip on the side. So as always, that'll be up with some recipes and ingredients. Um, so I guess thank you for tuning in. Thank you for a great Japanese Grand Prix weekend. We will be back in two weeks' time for the Qatar Grand Prix. First time racing at Qatar, a new track. It's a sprint weekend. So there'll be action Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and as we know, Max Verstappen probably will win the driver's title next weekend. So we'll look forward to seeing you in two weeks' time. Thank you so much, as always. Please follow us on socials. As mentioned, get in touch by email or DM on our social accounts. Thank you so much. Have a great Sunday, and we'll chat soon. Cheers for now. <laughs>